Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Jim Elif on how the biblical teaching to give generously and cheerfully captured his heart. We've had a lot of fun at different times giving furniture away or things. I, you know, people would just look at something and like it and Pam and I look at each other and give it to them if we think the Lord's in it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, I think we need to, to astound people sometimes because that's what Jesus said, let your good works shine, you know so that they might glorify your father. Jim Elif, next. As we enter a new year, some make resolutions with God's help in certain areas of their lives, perhaps regarding diet, exercise, relationships, Christian service, and all kinds of other things. For those desiring to give more generously this year, today's guest has some thoughts. Jim Elif is the founder of Christian Communicators Worldwide, and right now we'll discuss his article, Fiscal Hilarity. Jim, how did the subject of giving capture your attention as a young child? You know, it's a funny thing, Bill, when I was really young, and I, I think I was in, surely in preschool, we had a box of books, and um, that was about it. But one of the only two of the books do I remember, and one of them was a book with a little boy with 10 pennies, and he gave his penny to the Lord. And I, I can still picture that book and that little hand, uh, you know, going out giving that uh, in an offering. Hmm. And uh, that just impressed me. I, I loved that idea even as a little child. But I was really moved uh, many years later when I read The Life of George Mueller. And that, that was now a lot of several decades ago when I was a young man, about 20 years of age. And I remember where I sat. I remember sitting in the sun, by the way, and just mm. out there in front of the apartment at college and I said, I, I want to be a man like that. And uh, the first thing that God showed me uh, in that sort of moving emotional moment for me was that I needed to give. And and that's where I dug in and, and have and been going ever since. And that, that impacted me now for actually 55 years. Well, Jimmy, if you, if you would tell us, uh, George Mueller, some of us, uh, some listening to this will immediately know who he was, others won't. Mm -hmm. can, can you tell us why he made such a deep impression on you, who he was, and what it was about him, his life, that so uh, influenced mm -hmm. you? Yeah, he, he was a straightforward man as far as the Bible was concerned. He just didn't want to act unless he felt like God had showed him or allowed him from Scripture. And um, he fed and clothed over, over 10,000 orphans, 10,024, I think, something like mm. that over his lifetime without asking anybody but God for the money. He just w went out of his way n not to ever ask anybody, but just the Lord. He, I don't think he believed that uh, he had to do it exactly like that, but he believed that his life should be a testimony that God answers prayer. And that really gripped us. It's actually the way many years, 38 years ago, we started our ministry and we built it on some print. Those principles had become really bedrock in my heart as well. We've gone the same way, gone that same route, much much lesser way, but uh, uh, really been a, an enchanted life in a way to, to see what God will supply. But giving is a big part of it. That's where we started, was giving. So you were drawn uh, very early on into a similar lifestyle in terms of not taking a paycheck, mm -hmm. but simply yeah. praying and asking God? Yeah, exactly, Bill. For 38 years, we've never had a salary. We've just look to the Lord and our ministry has looked to the Lord and we've never 
never talked to a businessman about helping us or not that we think that's wrong, but uh, we just not done that way. And we just offered our, ourselves free of charge. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's really been an amazing thing. The Lord has brought several millions of dollars to us through the years. I just kind of accounted for all of that not long ago. And I was absolutely amazed to think all of that God gave us an answer to prayer without us having to solicit or, you know, it, it just, it's just been an amazing thing. I'm so glad God led us to go that direction. It's been a wonderful thing, a really wonderful thing. Do you know other people that live in that same way? I definitely think there are people who do, or maybe some modification of that. Uh, yeah, I'd hesitate to say right now, I, I, I have a couple of names in my mind, but I don't know all the details mm -hmm. of their situation. I know there are people such as that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I wish it were more common. And I, I do believe God would uh, amaze people at what he can do. Well, even this week, I mean, even this week, <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, it's just amazing how God uh, answers our prayers and provides and provides for us. And, and part of that is providing that which we use to give away because our ministry, you know, ministry, a ministry should be costing you in a way, right? It's not, it's not a way to make money. Right. <laughs> it's, ex it's expending of yourself and your resources, you know, for other people. And, and so, you know, we, of course, uh, to, to do that, God has to supply on the other end and he does. And it's just been amazing. He did that this week. And, and, uh, you know, we give our books away, give all these books away. And, uh, it's just, you know, he keeps supplying. He just doesn't fail us. I mean, in all those years, I've seen, I had one time where, per, we all, by the way, we only receive what comes to us personally for us. The rest of it will go into the ministry. And uh, the same with my assistant. And we only missed one bill in all these years, 38 mm. years. And we, we just couldn't find that $25. I, it wasn't any, it wasn't in any drawer or any place. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the problem was, but that's the only time, you know, out of all those millions of dollars God has sent us and, all that long period of 38 years that God has, we just not had it on the day that it was needed. And um, so I'm sure there was a lesson and certainly some humility there, but uh, you know, we haven't done it perfectly though either, but it's just been amazing how good God is. That's, that's the thing to brag about, I think. Oh, absolutely. And I yeah. want to ask you about other aspects of your mm -hmm. article, but I'm wondering how has this mm -hmm. uh, affected your, your view of well, not only finances but what about your other possessions i mean i mean uh, cars house sure. what, whatever yeah there's a wonderful statement jesus made in in uh, luke chapter 14 where he said uh no man can be my disciple unless he gives up all his own possessions he tells an illustration about two two groups at war and uh one much larger than the other and um uh, and he mentions the word, the phrase terms of peace. And, you know, in the Old Testament, they would make terms of peace with a city they're about to wipe out. And if they accepted the terms of peace, according to God's command, they, they were supposed to go and offer terms of peace. And, and according to that, uh, if they accepted terms of peace, they would become the slaves and everything they had belonged to Israel. Mm. So when, what the Lord is saying there with that illustration and that, and that statement about design, being a disciple is that we have to give it all up in the first place. So, so really, any time, I mean, it's just returning to what I did at first, I guess, to, 
to say, yeah, it all belongs to God. Every everything I've got belongs to God. We, we Pam and I've actually walked through the house and just looked at things, you know, and said this belongs to God. And uh, it's something you constantly have to re up on and make sure you're you're believing. And but when you do that, your giving certainly is a lot freer. Not only the finances, but you're talking about your your material mm-hmm. possessions. I mean, being ready to if if you have. I mean, I'm, yeah. this is just speculative. If you have two cars and somebody uh, needs right. a car, I'm not just saying you would automatically give it to them, but you have to. Hold, you're saying you would hold that with a with a loose a loose grip. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we've had a lot of fun at different times giving furniture away or things. I, you know, people will just look at something and like it, and Pam and I look at each other and and then give it to them if we think the Lord's in it. And uh, yeah. It's, it's it's good. I mean, I think we need to I think we need to astound people sometimes because that's what Jesus said: "Let your good works shine," you know, so that they might glorify your Father. And uh, as long as we can keep it from being a pride issue, you know, just of course that that's that's the issue with anything we do in Christian life. We have to watch it. But yeah, that's that's been part of the joy of giving is possessions themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Does that go to the title of your piece, fiscal hilarity? It's a lot of it's a lot of joy in that uh, to 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 have that kind of um, relationship to things and and opportunity to love people what God gives you. You know, years ago, I I uh, there was a lady in one of the churches that I was pastoring, and uh, she was so poor and she just was on fixed income. And she loved to give. Oh man, she loved to give to missionaries. She'd send twenty dollars here and ten dollars there. You know, she just really had a heart to give. And I thought one day, I'm just going to give her some money and let her have some money to give away. And so we did that. And uh, she was so excited about that. And then I thought to myself, that's exactly what God does. It's just the same thing. He just gives us what we need uh, to give away, to keep it in circulation. Well, Jim, you write in your piece, A Fiscal Hilarity, that you're enamored with the promises related to giving. I mean, we've talked about it a bit, but are there mm. p- particular promises that uh, have kind of been a, um, a North Star or sort of guided you and your, your, your wife in, in your giving through your lives? Oh, yeah. There, there, there are many wonderful promises, of course, in the Bible. Uh, it's just It just seems like I, I, I like the one in, in Luke about you know, when we give, God pours it back into our lap and overflowing. That's such a beautiful thing mm-hmm. in uh, Luke chapter 6. The promises in Second Corinthians are astounding. In Second Corinthians 9, uh, he just, you know, he pours, it, he pours it on right here, actually. Let me just maybe just find that and read that a yeah. little bit to you. It's, sure. it's pretty incredible. Um He's, he's taking an offering, uh, and it's in 2 Corinthians 9. He's taking an offering, of course, from several churches. And here's the kind of statements he makes. Uh, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good work. And it goes on, of course, 
he supplies food, he provides seed for the sower and bread for food. So he provides not only what we need to, to exist and do whatever our ministries or life demands, but also that seed for sowing, that, uh, that, uh, that abundance, that surplus to be able to, uh, you know, put out there uh, for the glory of God. There are many, many such promises in the scripture, I think, you know, that really are encouraging. Yeah, and I'd like to ask you about that one that you just shared, uh, and I think that's been uh, at least some have used it to sort of be a vehicle to for self enrichment. Is that isn't that fair to say that you give to God yes, and He's going to give to you? And so, if you want to really get a lot of money, give to God. But uh, but you're saying that the purpose is so that you can give it away. Well, I think so. I I, I believe that. Yeah, it's what what the Lord is doing by giving us an abundance is uh, he, he loves to give good. It's just like we we love to give gifts to our children. But, uh, you know, I think the faithfulness aspect of having things from God is the use of them for God's glory. Now, it might be the keeping of them is the right use of it. For instance, we have a house. And it's a two-story house, and and it's an ample house. It's not huge, but it's an ample house in an average neighborhood. But, you know, we thought, I I guess it was last year sometime, we were thinking about our house and what God had done with it. And we we figured out that we'd held about 2,000 meetings in this this house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a luxury. The people in the world don't have houses, you know. Yeah. And we have a bed and a house and bathrooms and kitchen appliances. and But, you know, in our context, in our culture, this house is, has been a great, huge blessing from God. And we would actually, we could actually prefer to live in a something smaller and less to clean up, frankly. But, you know, it's just been a tool in the hands of God. So we have to think in terms of tools and the use of the things that God gives us, and then as well as the giving away of the things that God gives us. It's all part of that package, I think. Mm. Uh, you say in your piece, Jim, uh, fiscal hilarity, and, and where can people find that if they'd like to read this, what we're talking about? Where can they find the article? Just that, that, just that passage I just read. Uh, it says, God, God loves a cheerful giver in that passage. God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, we're not to give grudgingly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. Actually, you give as you purposed in your own heart. That's what he said right there in that passage. It's a common misconception that you give, you have to always have a revelation of how much you need to give. I think God could do that if he wants to, he could in some circumstance or some way uh, show you what you need to give. But, but really it's a matter of devotion to God, isn't it? I it's, it's a way we show our, our love. You know, we it's our attitude about it that's the thing maybe God loves the most, right? So we're He loves a cheerful giver. He lo- and that word cheerful right there is hilaron. It's the word we we get our word hilarious. In this context and at the time, it meant something more like just full, exuberant with joy. So now it's got a little different connotation, but. <laughs> But it, but in some ways it fits too because it's just uh, absolutely joyful. I mean, it is really better to give than it is to receive. One one man told me one time he said a lot of people give just enough to be miserable, and 
I thought that was a great statement because that's true. But when we kind of get free and we realize what we've got, we can just be free with and give and, and enjoy that. I mean, to whatever degree we, we're, we, we give, whatever we can cheerfully give, uh, you know, put out, give away. Well, that's just a, such a, uh, such a joy. I mean, it's just so, I mean, it's, I, I would really not like to live another kind of life. I, I like, I like the life of receiving from God and I like the life of giving to God. And we really all as Christians have that same, whether we work and obey, you know, seek his kingdom by doing a job or whether we seek his kingdom by doing something unusual like I'm doing without a salary. That's a matter of obedience to God. But we, we get it from God and we've got it to give and to use for God. That's that's all. That's the, really the only reason we have to, to live and to use. <laughs> Those are the only reasons. And we need to do that obediently, faithfully. And uh, it will be a joyful life. And I just I just I just love being able to do that, you know, uh, by the grace of God, really. Well, Jim, uh, it, often it seems like this subject is one that's uh, maybe difficult or a sensitive one for for pastors to bring up, because so often you think, well, the church is only interested in money, or they're always, oh, there they go again, they're asking for talking about money. What, would you have any yeah. advice for the, for the pastor that, that maybe struggles mm. with that? Well, we, we as pastors do. By the way, I'm one of five pastors, so but it, we as pastors do and um, ha- have a problem sometimes with that. But the problem will always be there because it's in the heart of the person listening. Actually, you know, mm. that's the person who does not like to let go of anything. He doesn't see the joy of that kind of let level of obedience to God. Uh, he just doesn't get the picture. And so uh, there's going to be no end to disgruntled people hearing about money. One message every 10 years is about enough, you know, for a lot of people right. <laughs> uh, to say to say that they always talk about money. Now, it's possible to talk too much about money. We know pastors can do that. But if it's a it's a if it's more duty based than it is joy based, I think that's a that's a that's a good thing to consider as pastors that we we need to be living ourselves in the great joy of, of giving. And there, there ought to there ought to be people in our own congregations that know the privately, you know, that have been blessed by our own, our own gifts to them and help to them when they needed it. In other words, it's just, we ought to be an example of that. And the joy in that, that we have is contagious, I think. And we just need, if, we, if we're on that level, I don't think we have quite the problem, but uh, not to discount the fact that we'll always have some people who say it's too much. They think it's actually not, you're not supposed to talk about money, but Jesus said a lot about money, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And so did Paul, a whole lot about money. Yes. Well, if, if this is new to some people, I mean, people listening, maybe they're they're new to the Christian life, um, or for whatever reason, how do you suggest uh, we, we begin if giving is, is perhaps not really a part of our Christian life? Yes. Well, I, I would say set a base, uh, sort of a foundational level of giving. Uh, first of all, and and uh, people have different beliefs about this. I don't believe we're under the Old Testament tithe myself, but mm-hmm. it's not a bad starting place <laughs> in a way to say 10% of what we have would be, we're always going to do that. And I would suggest give that through the local church because that's their business to teach the gospel, spread the gospel and so forth. And um, so we need to we need to do our part there, that, that uh, church that we benefit so much from. And uh, but 
you know, you you can you might set it higher than that. You might double that, even triple that. You know, who who knows? But then beyond that, you can give freely to other things. I would think so. I, I would say set a base. Uh, I would say, if if under the old covenant it was ten percent, I would say at least there uh, would be a good way to start. And uh, then the uh, you know, there's no end to the to amounts you can give as long as God's God supplies you. One of the issues, however, is people's indebtedness. And, uh, you know, when people get heavily in debt, uh, they actually curtail some of the opportunities they have. In that case, I would say, typically speaking, give that base amount and then pay off that debt and make that a matter of faith that the Lord blesses, but intend to get out of it and intend to be freer you know, with mm-hmm. that which is your own, not that which belongs to somebody else. We say as well, Jim, to attach yourself, uh, it sounds like uh, beyond the local church, to some great cause or mission, and you give some examples of that. Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, let's just think of Paul as a missionary enterprise himself. He had 39 workers named in the Bible. Hmm. You know, he had quite a little enterprise going. <laughs> uh, and people who attached themselves to him, I mean, not only I take it would be supporting their local church, but then use their surplus to be able to do uh, other things for a great work that was being done where people were, churches were being planted, people being one to Christ, you know, lives are being changed in some way. And uh, I think God can lead us in those areas. And, uh, it's, that's, that's a great thing to do. It brings a lot of joy to you actually to do that. And for those, uh, maybe they've been giving for a while, and and they have a sense, I'd like to give more. I'm I'm not quite sure how that works. Uh, of course, as your income increases, it, you would you would think you would tend to give more. But do you have any thoughts um, uh, on uh, giving more if if somebody mm-hmm. listening to this has that that desire, that inclination? That's that's a desire I have. So I I've, I've wrestled with that quite a bit. Uh, giving more is an important thing to me, uh, and. I don't see a lot of reason it, I mean, you know, it's up to the Lord what he gives us, but in general, mm-hmm. uh, I think we can give more and more as we go along. And there might be seasons where uh, difficulties come for the whole country and this, you know, all kinds of things can happen. We just take those as they come, but it ought to be our attitude at least, all things being like they are, that we can in- increase our increase our giving. Um, it's not a bad idea, for instance, to say increase at a percentage point every year. Hmm. Uh, as you know, that's that's a good idea. Now you don't want to live too long uh, <laughs> because you might not have at the end. But you know what? When you get to the end, you're not going to be able to spend it on anything. So Jesus said in in, in Luke 12, you know, he he taught about the man who stored up had a lot of things and was planning to store up with bigger barns. You might remember, and he died that. He died that very night, and God called him a fool. And he said, so it is the person who stores up for himself is not rich toward God. If you read the rest of that, you know, rich toward God means being generous, among other things. It means being generous and not worrying about God's supply. So, uh, yeah, you know, it would be, be great to end your life just expending everything for, for Jesus, you know, everything out there. And uh, really, it's a great heritage to leave with your children. I would rather leave with my children a life of faith, trust, and generosity than a bunch of money because 
a bunch of money may just create selfishness and and problems actually mm-hmm. now maybe maybe i'm to do both maybe you know there there are reasons for everything i never question really what people think about how much they should keep or how much they should what they should buy i don't question that they, they've got to seek the kingdom of god and uh, as they do that faithfully they won't be a fool they will die as a as a you know a, a real a real follower of christ a real example what it means to be a christian well, Jim, I appreciate one thing you mm-hmm. said at least a couple of times in your piece, fiscal hilarity, that of uh, having fun with giving, having fun, maybe helping out uh, people uh, yeah. in, in need in your church or even outside the church. And, and, and in terms of that, you talk about sometimes anonymously, sometimes not anonymously. Can you talk right. about that? And uh, yeah, how do you think that's <laughs> Well, right? that's a real question, isn't it? Because Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That may mean something a little different than we think. It might mean just be so free with your money that it's not an issue to you to calculate, or, you know, everything all the time. And uh, but there are times where I know it is right to do to go to people and give with them knowing who you are, write them a check, send them some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Luke sixteen, Jesus makes that actually very clear. I think it's too much to teach here right now, but it it. The idea there is make friends with your own kind, that is believers, make friends so that when you die, they will receive you or welcome you into eternal dwellings. And uh, I really think God does want us to use, uh, this is almost sounds strange in our world, but to use our warm compassion giving as a way to build bonds of relationships. And I have so much I love for people who've done that for me, and I've tried to do the same thing ongoing through my life as well. Uh, you can, you know, just being sacrificial toward each other is an amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's a really helpful thing uh, in building relationships. I know I have to let you go here in just a few minutes, but I'm wondering if you can talk about giving in this way as a part of, and of course, it's a very important part of your Christian life. And of course, Jesus talked a tremendous amount about money, as did Paul, as you said. But what is uh, the connection between giving and our and our sanctification, our growth in Christ, our, our spiritual growth? Uh, can you make that connection for us? The Pharisees loved money, you know, and Jesus said that that which they thought was good, probably they thought it was wise was abominable to him. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine us really being sanctified. uh, I mean, having love for money when Jesus said, you don't, you're not to love money. You're to actually despise it in a way (laughs) and to love God. Right. So he gives that, that wonderful statement about that contrast. And, and that's what he says to do. In other words, we're not being, we're not being made holy unless we're being made like God. and he is the ultimate giver, right? He's the ultimate giver. So I, I, I just think it's uh, in Congress to think we could be sanctified without dealing with our our pocketbook and our possessions. And there's the ultimate motivation, too, that you just gave, that God is the ultimate giver, giving his son for Absolutely. our salvation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And when we, when we receive the inheritance and which is everything there is, you know, the, the Father has chosen gladly to give us the kingdom. It's amazing what a giver he is. And, you know, you, you wonder sometimes how much does God have to give us before we 
try to get, give a little bit more, you know, I mean, we're just, we, it's, it's so much like our culture to just keep adding and adding and adding and then getting deeper and deeper in debt as well. So you can have more and more and more. That's the life of the fool, according to Jesus. And I don't want to be that fool. You know, I, I want to be rich toward God. And I, I think that's, that's sanctification and part of sanctification. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Jim Eliff, founder of Christian Communicators Worldwide. If you'd like to read his article, Fiscal Hilarity, go to ccwtoday.org. By the way, all the books on his site are free. The only thing he asks is, when you request a book, that you read it. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Steve West on legal challenges to religious liberty and recent victories. So anyway, that was a very good ruling in terms of, you know, legally. It doesn't stop persecution necessarily. It doesn't stop the things that happened, but it does give them the legal right to exist on campus. And it's a model of, of, of some students who basically stood up and took the heat for this. That's tomorrow at this same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening. <laughs>